From the wheat fields of the Thumb to the cherry trees on the Third Coast, Michigan grows more than 300 different foods and products that we all enjoy every day. We're on a mission to find every local restaurant, manufacturer, and food company sourcing their ingredients right here in the mitten. And in the process, bridge the gap between the farm and your fork. We want to introduce you to all things Michigan agriculture and food. This is Michigan AF. Welcome to the Michigan AF podcast. I'm your host, Noelle Nockreiner. Today, I am joined by Michigan-based blogger, Margaret Clegg, also known as the Michigan Gluten-Free Gal. Margaret is an advocate for those who have celiac disease and gluten sensitivity, and she's here today to talk to us about eating and shopping local with autoimmune diseases and food allergies. Welcome to the podcast, Margaret. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to do this. Yeah, thank you for joining us. Mm -hmm. So let's get started by just learning a little bit more about you and how you became an advocate for gluten-free in Michigan. Sure. So I've lived in Michigan all my life, born in Lansing. I live in Flint now, went to school at CMU, so did Mount Pleasant for a time. So I am born and raised and stayed in Michigan my whole life. Um, I was diagnosed with celiac disease in 2011, so just about a little over 20 years ago. Um, when I was first diagnosed as living in Lansing, I just after my student teaching in college, and I was lucky enough that Lansing had a really fantastic support group at the time. There's not really many in-person support groups anymore. But um, they not only had a support group, but they had um, they did an annual food fair. And especially in relation to like eating gluten-free in Michigan, I actually helped with that food fair for many years. So I was blessed to meet um, producers and like talk to them about why they're doing what they're doing and had the ability to connect them with the people that needed to eat their product. So I still, that event doesn't take place anymore. It's been many years, but I'm still friends with a lot of those people. So it's been um, really wonderful. That's great. And full disclosure to our listeners, in case they weren't aware, I myself have celiac disease, which is why I was really interested in talking to Margaret. And I followed her a couple for a couple years personally on my social media and just wanted to have that opportunity to um, share her wealth of knowledge with with all of you and, and kind of help bridge that gap, I think, that sometimes exists between people with autoimmune diseases and food allergies and, and those without, and especially those who produce for us. Um, so all of that said, like I said, I followed you for a while. I know you have your social media accounts and your blog. What really made you start those accounts to share your knowledge with others? Sure. So ironically, someone reached out to me. It was a company called Saverful. They're still in business. It was a subscription box company, but they kind of changed their model. Um, but they reached out to me in 2012. That's when I started my blog. They were looking for reviewers. And I said, sure, you can send me a box and I'll tell people what I think about it. And um, since then, you know, like 10 years later, I've grown since then before and my photography has gotten better. And um, just I talk more about than just reviewing a product. I write recipes. I do a lot of restaurant reviews. And then I also um, include articles about celiac disease, especially for people who are newly diagnosed, they don't know what to eat or who to trust. Um, and sometimes things that are... Um, news related or research related, I'll cover some of those topics as well sometimes. Um, and then the other thing that I like to say too is 
my husband actually encouraged me to encourage me to blog before I ever started. Um, he is definitely one of my biggest supporters, and he loves being able to tell people that his wife is a writer. <laughs> so I have to give a little plug to him too. That's so funny. Well, on this podcast, we love talking about Michigan-grown food and products. So I really am curious to hear what are some of the best gluten-free products that you have found that are made here in Michigan? So many, especially as I mentioned, being part of the food fair. I just, I know so many businesses, but um, a few that stick out to me first is Ethel's Baking Company. Um, I've known the owner, Jill Bomarito, for many years. Ironically, her aunt was the vice president of our the support group here in Flint that I was the president of. So I've known Jill for a long time and she's super great. Um, I love how she's um, helped other businesses for a while. She was doing something with the um, Eastern market in Detroit and helping other small businesses kind of learn the ropes. So I love that she's willing to share her information like that. Plus the products are just delicious and amazing. Um, my stepmom, who does not have to eat gluten-free, absolutely loves them. So um, Ethel stands out to me for sure. Um, the second one is one that's been around a long time, the GFB. Actually, they just said on their social media today, they're not going to be the gluten-free bar anymore. They're going to be the gluten-free brothers. So um, I've known Marshall and Radar for Marshall and Elliot Radar for a long time. Um, back when they used to come to our food fairs, they'd come dressed as a bear. Like they have a bear costume. They're so much fun to, to deal with. And they're just, um, they're just really great guys. Um, so I love their products and I love that they're a B Corp. Um, so they take, take, they're trying to go green as much as possible to take, you know, um, care of the environment and they have something they call like the second chance program, something like that, where they intentionally hire people who have been incarcerated in the past. They're just trying to give people a second chance on life. And I love that they're, they do that kind of thing with their company. Um, other ones that I would mention, Old World Gluten-Free, which is a pierogi company out of St. Clair Shores. So that's a hard, whenever I tell people, they're like, oh my gosh, there's pierogi and gluten-free pierogi made in Michigan. They are so excited. And they're available at Whole Foods stores, some Kroger stores, hit and miss, um, and then some specialty independent stores. Um, and then I actually, in full disclosure, am currently the social media manager for Full Flavor Foods. It's a small uh, gravy soup and sauce mix company. They're based out of Grand Rapids area. And then um, because I am oat intolerant, some people can eat oats and some can't. Um, Carlos Grain-Free Granola. So all of their granola has no oats in it. So I love their products as well. Wow. I had no idea that there were even that many here in this that were headquartered in the state of Michigan. I didn't know mm -hmm. about the gluten-free bars that that was here in Michigan. I see those all the time. That's great. Yeah, they started in a little building in Ada, and I think they're they're in, actually in Grand Rapids proper now. Yep. That's wonderful. And so you've really, with this, you know, doing this blog, you've traveled all over the state and really even all over the country, right? Talking about, uh, you know, different local foods that are gluten-free. What are some of your favorite restaurants in the state that cater to celiac? Sure. Um, I definitely want to travel more than I have. I'll admit that I'm most, mostly Michigan, a little bit of Ohio. Hey, I love Columbus. I will tell people that honestly. Um, no, no sports rivalry aside. <laughs> but um, here in Michigan, probably my favorite is this little diner in Westland, Michigan, not that far from Ikea called Mr. Mike's Grill. 
the owner um, has celiac disease and there's an actual separate kitchen space for all their gluten-free orders. It is the best Reuben I've ever eaten in my life. They slow cook their, their corned beef and it's absolutely amazing. Um, they have gluten-free fish and chips, especially during Lent time. Uh, they have gluten-free desserts and the family, like I love going there because I've gotten to know them so well. Like they feel like family to me. They're just really good people at Christmas time. They have Santa come and, you know, they're about community too, but the, the menu is just awesome. Everybody, I've never seen anybody say that the food was bad, you know, <laughs> over and over again. If you see, there's a, a Facebook group for Detroit area people and they just rave about it all the time. And I'm like, cause they're right. It's just awesome. And it's you, again, it's this small diner. You wouldn't like, expect it to have all of these options, but they do. That's great. Uh, well, my one of my personal favorites that I just want to make sure we also give a, a shout out to is Third Coast Bakery yes. in Traverse City. They are yes. amazing. And I've, I've not had much from there, but just seeing seeing all of their social media posts, it makes mm-hmm. me really just want to go every day. I would, I'm like, yeah. I would make that drive every day. <laughs> the owner, Heather Burson, is Wonderful. She's so sweet. Um, two other restaurants I want to quickly mention. Yeah. Um, Zingerman's Roadhouse. Like I love Zingerman's Roadhouse. Their gluten-free uh waffles are amazing. And I have been lucky enough to meet the owner, Ari. And he actually asked me to come once to train some of his staff on how to be better in treating their gluten-free customers. Um, and so he's definitely a person that's open to to learning more. And that just really speaks a lot to me. Plus, I don't know if you're familiar, they have like their, like called the, um, like the Z train. Like they willingly train other restaurants how to be successful. Yes. So I love seeing companies that aren't just about themselves. And that's interesting that you mentioned that about Third Coast Bakery. Um, they used to just have like a stall at the farmer's market. And so when they were moving into the brick and mortar store that they have, they're not far from the lake. Um, they did a fundraiser, like a, a GoFundMe. And, you know, if you give it a certain level, you get a certain prize or whatever. And so, like, I, my name is up there on the wall. It was, like, in rocks. But, like, there was another baker. Like, she didn't put their bakery name, but I know who the owner is. So it was so cool to see other gluten-free bakers support somebody else. So I love I love that. And then um, last one I'd mention, it used to be called Renee's Gourmet Pizzeria in Troy. It's 100% gluten-free. It's recently changed names because it's changed owners, but it's still totally gluten-free. It's called True Pizza now. It's on, I think it's on Maple by Crooks. Okay. I'm terrible with directions. That's <laughs> fine. People know how to Google. That's fine. They can find it. Um, and so... In addition to really doing all of this traveling and reviewing different businesses and and foods and what have you, you also do a lot of baking and cooking yourself. Do you work with any farmers or do you have any farmers you work with directly or farmers markets that you like to source your food and ingredients from? At this time, I don't, to be honest. Um, I probably should support my local farmers market more freely, but I will say this. So in Flint, it used to be down by the river, this huge parking lot, and it was easy to get to. And so we have a new farmer's market, which is nice and it's beautiful and it's wonderful, but parking isn't as convenient. And so I don't, I just don't get down there probably as much as I should. However, that being said, I am working on a blog post right now to try to um, tell people all the farmers markets where they can find safe gluten-free baked goods throughout Michigan. So talking to the the bakers I already know and trying to compile that list. I know most markets run May to like August, September-ish. 
So um, definitely want to tell people where they can find safe stuff because sometimes people will bake. <laughs> I had this app. Okay, funny story. So um, Davison Farmers Market, my husband teaches in Davison, Michigan. So I went to a booth that said they had gluten-free cupcakes. And so I go and talk to the person behind the booth and it's this man. And I said, so can you tell me more about your gluten-free cupcakes? He's like, well, they're gluten-free, but not celiac. And I'm like, what, what do you mean by that? He's like, I don't know. This is my wife's business. I really don't know anything. And I'm like, so they don't use, they don't use separate baking pans. They bake gluten-free with regular baked goods at the same time, which if you have celiac, we know about cross contact and that's actually very dangerous. So, um, and, and just his lack of knowledge, I was like that, that could make somebody really sick. And so that's why I want to write this list and compile it and say, okay, these are the places that if you're going on vacation this summer and you're going to these small towns, make sure to stop at this farmer's market or that farmer's market. So, um, people can find fun and safe stuff. That's great. That'll be such a great resource. Um, so what makes Michigan a great place to live when you have uh, celiac disease or really any kind of food allergy or autoimmune disease? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, so uh, we're really blessed in this state to have the University of Michigan, which is the forefront of a lot of research. Um, they have both a food allergy center where there are doctors that focus their whole life on researching food allergies and service families with food allergies. And they have a celiac disease center because celiac disease is an autoimmune disease. Um, so that they, those gastroenterologists and those dietitians, and they even have a gastropsychologist that helps people um, work through that anxiety of, you know, because food is, you know, every is revolves around a lot that we do. It's all of our social situations. So, um, yeah, Megan Real is her name. She's fantastic. I've met her at meetings. So I think that it's awesome that U of M has this resource of you know, multiple dietitians that get it because some dietitians don't understand what a gluten-free diet is because it's hard. They, you know, they're going to focus mainly, mainly on diabetes or heart disease. That's all dietitians do is sort of focus solely on celiac disease and gluten-free diet that's very specialized. Um, so we're blessed that we have at U of M both of those avenues are being covered, both food allergies and then which which a wheat allergy is a thing. And, and so many people who have a wheat allergy eat gluten-free because there should be no, theoretically, no wheat um, in a product. That's a whole nother story. But um, but yeah, we're really lucky to have those two programs. And, and as I mentioned before, all the bakers here in Michigan, the dedicated gluten-free bakers here in Michigan really do support one another. And you know, some of them are free from the top eight allergens or somebody does keto. And, you know, and then if someone comes to them and asks for something, I'm like, well, I can't do that, but I know somebody else who does. And they're, they are more than willing to recommend people to other bakers. It's about helping the community and not just competition. At least that's how I see it so much. That's great. I always love when when you see organizations and people who are supportive of one another, even mm -hmm. if it's, you know, technically a competitor. Um, so there are a lot of times that gluten-free is treated as a fad or it's not taken as seriously as some other food allergies or autoimmune diseases. How do you deal with that when you encounter someone who who feels that way or who says something negative about it? I would like to think that I'm pleasant and polite every single time that happens. 
I'm probably not. Because let's be honest, we're human beings. We all have emotions. We all have feelings. Um, And I've had people who have been less than kind before, and you just try to walk away. And and I say, if it's someone that I'm not going to have relationship with, if it's a chance meeting, and I'm like, I I have no reason to invest my time in you because you don't sound like you're interested in learning, Um, if if they're being really rude or whatever. Um, You know, if it's a restaurant, and they might be willing to listen, you know, maybe I will talk to them a little bit more. Um, I will say this, I will always stand up for kids. So in, in addition to running the gluten-free fair, I used to be in charge of running a gluten-free kids camp. Um, and we had, we unfortunately had a situation, we're not, we switched camps, we're now at Camp Hopeniconic. I won't mention where we were before because I will tell you the story. So um, unfortunately, we had a counselor that thought it was funny to like make fun of the kids about their gluten-free diet. He's like, oh, gluten's everywhere. It's going to get you. And I'm like, these were like little kids. Like, you know, they had kids as young as second graders. So they were like, oh, it's in the ground and it's going to get us or whatever. And like, they were confused. And unfortunately, I didn't hear about this until the end of the week when the parents came to get their kids. And I was like, nope, we can't have this. Like, I'm going to have to come do a training session now at the beginning of every single camp season because we can't have this. You know, these kids get bullied a lot at school because their their friends don't understand. And, you know, I um, have a blog post on my site about food allergy bullying. And there's a story about an adult woman, an adult woman whose friends were upset with her who had celiac disease and they took a bag of wheat flour and covered her car and her house. And I'm like, this is why we have a problem with these, you know, these attitudes. It's not just that the kids aren't just getting it from nowhere. You know, we're, we're seeing adults with very poor behavior and um, I don't understand why people are this way, but um, you know, I do have people though that are, they may not say that it's a fad, but do have honest questions. Like what happens to you if you eat it? And I'm like, well, if you're, if you're really ready for me to answer that question, if you're willing to listen, I will tell you what happens. And, and I do tell people, you know, too, that celiac disease affects every person differently. Sometimes like some people, you know, may be constipated. Some people may be the opposite, you know, um, some people may have joint pain. Some people may have a rash. Some people, may have all of those all together. And so, and that's why it's really hard to diagnose celiac disease is it's not the exact same presentation in each person all the time. You know, I, I had a member of our support group that her only symptom was acid reflux. She didn't have any of the, the abdominal pain or other pains, symptoms that the rest of us had. And we have, there are people that we call silent celiacs that have no, none of the typical symptoms. And so it's hard for doctors to diagnose. So. Um, yeah, it's definitely not a fad, you know, and actually one of my friends, there was a an celiac symposium recently, a friend of mine was tweeting, you know, things that she was, people were saying, and they just recently discovered skeletal remains from a child in first century AD that they're pretty sure had celiac disease based on what they found in their bones, the level of malabsorption and stuff, and, and probably caused the death of that young child because we didn't understand things then. So people, you know, when people say, oh, we didn't have this one when I was a kid, I'm like, you did. It just wasn't diagnosed or nobody told you. And just because you don't know about it doesn't mean it doesn't exist. Right, right. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I can say 
you know, with me, uh, one of my symptoms is, de- is definitely joint pain. And mm-hmm. I can remember I, before I was diagnosed, I would wake up in the mornings and be un, be unable to open my hands because my wow. knuckles hurt so bad. And I remember always thinking that it was, you know, some sort of early onset arthritis or something because my I would used to crack my knuckles and my mom would say if you crack your knuckles you're gonna get arthritis and so I was oh man I got and then once I stopped you know once I went gluten-free that completely stopped and then I was like she was wrong I could still crack my knuckles (laughs) and I'll say that too like I wasn't diagnosed until um just after I left, well, technically it was right before my student teaching. I have a degree in elementary education. So it was the summer between leaving campus at CMU and starting my student teaching. And I wasn't good at following the diet in the beginning because I didn't have the support I needed. Um, but um, I had a really bad fiance. He's, I wasn't with my fiance at that time. It's not who I'm married to now. He was not supportive and it made things hard. But um, once I saw a list later of symptoms, I'm like, that explains everything. Like if I had joint pain too, and my mom would say, oh, it's just growing pains. I'm like, no, this is not just growing pains. I'm like the headaches that I had, like all these, like the mouth sores that I had, I'm like, this explains absolutely everything that I've been mm-hmm. feeling. And I didn't even know they were connected. Okay. So yeah, there's like over a hundred, 200 associated symptoms in a related disease. It's interesting. You mentioned arthritis. I just saw an article this morning or yesterday talking about the correlation of people with idiopathic juvenile arthritis needing to be tested for celiac disease because they're finding a higher prevalence between the two. We always, I mean, we already know that if you have type one diabetes, you're, you should be tested for celiac, but it sounds like this juvenile idiopathic arthritis. That's kind of a new thing. They're realizing like, Oh yeah, both autoimmune get tested because you might have both. So. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so what do you want others who don't have a food allergy or an autoimmune disease like celiac to know about those of us who live with it? That we just want to feel normal like you do. Like we just want to fit in. We don't want to stick out. We have no desire to ask the waiter 20 questions before we order anything. We we really don't want to have to do it, but we have to to keep ourselves and our health safe. You know, as I mentioned, all those associated health issues, you know, um, we can talk about brain fog too, that people just, oh, and I know you and I were just talking about how your recent pregnancy and like, you know, pre- brain fog when you're pregnant, like that happens to people with celiac disease after they've accidentally ingested gluten. You just, you can't think straight, you're exhausted, you're lethargic, and you just feel like you've had the flu and you want to be in bed. So you can't work when you feel that way. And so we have to take this seriously, you know. Um, and, it, you know, it's not that hard to accommodate us if we can just have a conversation. Like, I, we just had dinner with a friend Friday night, and we had a taco bar. Tacos are super easy to do gluten-free. You have gluten-free corn tortillas. Don't put any seasoning in the meat. All these chopped fresh vegetables, real sour cream. We're good to go. Salsa. I've never found a salsa that has gluten in it. If there does, then they're crazy. But, you know, it's there are certain things that can be easily done, Um you know, it really is all about communication. If you're just willing to meet us halfway, you know, and a lot of us are willing, I know for sure that I love to bake. I will bring any type of food to your house if you let me, you know, and I, um, 
I have a really great recipe on my website for a super easy one pot baked ziti where you don't even boil the pasta first. And we ended up serving that to, for my dad's 60th birthday party and everybody loved it. It's so easy. And um, yeah, we, it's, you know, we all want to be included and have friends and we all have emotions just like the next person. So you just put yourselves in our shoes and we're not trying to make your life hard. We just want to fit into Absolutely. Yes. Well, Margaret, it has been a pleasure having you on the Michigan Agriculture and Food Podcast. Where can our listeners find out more about you and read the reviews of your Michigan restaurants and bakeries? Sure. So you can find me on social media. So Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest at MI Gluten Free Gal um, and Twitter, although on Twitter, I'm kind of sassy there. So <laughs> Depends on what you want to, and it's not all gluten-free stuff. I let my, my other personal interests come through on Twitter, but, um, as far as my restaurant reviews and my, uh, bakery reviews. Um, so if you go to the main menu on my blog page, um, there's like a drop down list and then you'll see like one of the categories is restaurant reviews. And one of the categories is Michigan bakers. So if you click either of those, uh, there'll be a pinned post. That's the first in that category list which will be a list for all those things. So like in my restaurant review list, I also have a sub list of like 15, 15 to 20 completely dedicated gluten-free restaurants here in Michigan. And then, um, then my baker list, there's gosh, about 30 now. I just added a new one today and I have some more that I'm interviewing here in the coming month. So uh, again, just trying to help people connect with those people that can help them live their life normally. Great. Thank you so much for joining us. You're welcome. It was great talking to you. Absolutely. So knowing your farmers, knowing your local restaurants and anything associated with food in Michigan is important for everyone, but especially those who are living with food intolerances or allergies. Um, Thank you for listening and join us next time when we'll learn more about the food, drinks, and people that are Michigan AF. The Michigan AF Podcast is a project of the Michigan Ag Council and the Michigan Grown, Michigan Great campaign. We are a coalition of farmers and agribusinesses committed to providing the best possible foods and products for our neighbors, communities, and the state we all love. To hear more podcasts and to learn about Michigan's agriculture-diverse sector, visit michigangrown.org.